says I can be, I can do what it says I can do. Today, I will be taught the incorruptible, indestructible word of God. My mind is alert, my heart is open, and I'll never go to sleep. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, you are good, you are great. We just thank you, Lord, today for your word. We thank you for who you are and who you've called us to be. We just thank you for Word of Truth Family Church. And right now, Lord, we just ask that you will just anoint the words of my mouth and cause it to reap eternal fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Look next door and say you are a lifesaver. You are a lifesaver. So many of you may or may not know, but I used to be a swimmer. I used to be a swimmer, amen, in high school. And I started out very horribly as a swimmer. So when I started, I was very crooked. You know, I was doing it like this, kind of like fighting the water like most of you do. Um, And then finally, you know, I, I joined a team. I was on my high school team, but then... I wanted to be better than the high school, so I joined a, a really, really good team called Flying Fish Ambassadors. And it was coached by an Olympic coach, a Jamaican um, Olympic swimmer called um, Andrew Phillips. And so I remember walking into the pool for the very first time, and all these people were so smooth and incredible, and they had the stroke right, and I just kept riding the ropes. You know, I, I do my backstroke, and before you know it, I'm like, horizontal in the lane and I should be vertical and um I kept choking I'm inhaling all this water and you know just just thinking I do not belong with this elite team and so everybody else was so good you know so good and um I'm gonna show you a picture a picture of a couple of these people so I almost never went back uh because I just knew it was kind of like I was always fighting the water it was very awkward for me but I really enjoyed swimming so I pushed past it now I just want to establish I was the worst swimmer on the team so let's just put that out there the worst there was nobody greater nobody greater than me at being the worst you know I was absolutely the worst <laughs> and coach Andrew was just phenomenal you know he he knew how to encourage me and inspire me and he knew how to you know technically correct me so you know eventually I stopped you know, waving because, you know, when I used to do the butterfly, I mean, not the butterfly dance. You know, there's a butterfly dance, not that one. <laughs> Let's just back away from that. That's not what we're doing. <laughs> I used to do like a butterfly stroke. And so my stroke looked like this. Honest to the Lord. Just imagine that going to 25, 50 meters. <laughs> like a cyclops. And so, um, you know, I had to learn how to, to get my stroke better. And of course, once I got my stroke better, then I was able to, you know, move much better. So I, I, I had a need for my coach. And I really loved my coach. But it wasn't my coach that kept me on the team. It was the team that kept me on the team. You know, I still needed a lifeline because he wasn't my age. He wasn't in a position I was in. He, he was way beyond. And in some ways, he could not necessarily relate to my teenage drama. And so I had a friend um, named Sean Bryn, and he eventually became a, um, a swimmer, an uh, Olympic swimmer. And I'm not sure if Candice has a photo, but is that on there? No, it wouldn't show. But anyway, we'll show you in the second service. We'll figure it out by then. But anyway, he's on here. 
And he ended up swimming in the 1996 Olympics. But he was so disciplined. And I was like, man, if I could just be disciplined like him. And then I had Sean Paul. And he was always styling in the pool. Just like he's styling now, he was always styling then. And I used to go to elementary school with him. And so I used to be like, man, I could, wish I could just swim like Sean Paul. Because he was always so fluid. And he was so good at water polo and everything else. Then I had this friend named Duncan. And he was so kind. And I mean, all these people were encouraging me, encouraging me. But then there were these groups of sisters called the Cameron Girls. And there were three of them. And they were just gorgeous out of this world. And so one of them um, went to school with me. The rest of them, you know, went to another school, but we all swam in the same swim team. And I just remember how warm and friendly they were. And one was great at backstroke. One was great. And I said, Nicola, how do you, how do you swim that backstroke like that? And she would say, well, sorry, you're just going like this, but you got to make a streamline. You got to go, you know, I can't show you that all right now. But anyway, so she'd do all that. And I, I would learn these tips from her. But I remember them just encouraging me. You know, I remember looking at, um, at Sean Paul in, in particular because he had so much tragedy happening in his life. But one of the things that happened to him, which we can discuss publicly, is his girlfriend, who was a swimmer, she had died. She had died from different um, tumors, and we saw her trying to recover while we were swimming. And then she'd go back in the hospital. And so, I mean, he really, really loved this girl. And it was so heartbreaking, but you'd never know he was dealing with that because he always had an upbeat attitude. He was always smiling, always just such a champion. And so yesterday I had the opportunity to walk in the, the 5K walk for the breast cancer. And Nisha, one of those Cameron girls, ended up having cancer. And so I had an opportunity. She had an opportunity for us. She was raising funds for the treatments. And I thought, hmm, I have a chance to invest back in her life and throw her a lifeline because she threw me a lifeline when I was on that team. She wasn't even aware of how much her lifeline she was choosing because I've never had this conversation with her. But I'm looking back and seeing what kept me from quitting being the worst. And obviously the worst. It wasn't like you could hide it. If you were the worst, you were just the worst. And when I was, I was coming in last and then they were cheering me on and then I came in seventh and they cheered me on and I came in fifth and they cheered me on and I came in third and they cheered me on and I came in first and they were still cheering me on. And so sometimes in your life you need a lifeline. Sometimes in your life you need a lifesaver. So when I was walking, I was walking for my stepmom, Carlene, and I was walking for Nisha, and I was walking for Tammy, who was a member of Word of Tooth Family Church and overcame cancer, and I'm walking for Erica, who was in the hospital a couple weeks ago. So because people need a lifeline, people need a lifeline. And so I don't know if you've ever been in that position where you've needed someone to stand up for you, someone to engage in your vision, someone to engage in your plan, someone to engage in your situation, someone to, to, to go beyond the norm. So turn with me to Acts 16. Turn with me to Acts 16, Acts 16, 9 to 10. Tell me when you're there. Oh, we can just be on the screen. Acts chapter 16. And so I just um, was grateful looking back and realizing being part of a team is extremely important. The coach, he drives a team. But the team members, they keep the team. 
And you can have an incredible coach but hate everybody on the team. And if you do so, you'll never get the benefit of learning from them and being better. Because see, while he was instructing someone else, someone who was better than me could have instructed me. While he was paying attention to another swimmer, I had these different people that were encouraging me. And it's the same way in church. So Pastor Evan talked last week on this scripture and it had just jumped out to me and I figured i just continue on it. Acts 16, verse 9 through 10. And it says, And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come on over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. So after they had seen the vision, as as Pastor was explaining last week, immediately we made a decision to endeavor. Now that word endeavor is very important because the word endeavor doesn't mean to just make a half-hearted effort. It means to exert yourself. And what I loved is that there were two action verbs right behind each other, endeavor and go. Endeavor to go. So when we are talking about making changes, when we're talking about being part of a team, part of a team doesn't include sitting and doing nothing. It means inconveniencing yourself on the behalf of somebody else. It means locking arms and exerting. It means breaking a sweat. You see, if you're working out and you don't sweat, you're not doing nothing. So many people say, well, Pastor, I want to lose all this weight. But you don't want to sweat. You just want to by osmosis look on the TV and absorb by some miraculous, you know, thing that you're going to just drop the weight by thinking it in your mind. No, you gotta, you gotta endeavor. You gotta exert. You gotta be inconvenienced. And many times we don't want to do that. It requires action. And so I wonder how many of us are sitting on the sidelines in serving. How many of us are sitting on the sidelines in our giving? How many of us are sitting on the sidelines with our talents and our ideas? How many of you have an idea that could probably take this church from great to greater? How many of you have some managerial experience or or some kind of strategic plan that you know that could work to help us move and reach more people? How many of us are sitting on the sidelines waiting for someone else to endeavor on our behalf? And sitting here on the endeavors of others. But yet we don't want to endeavor for somebody else. Could it be you that that Macedonia call is waiting on? It said that Paul had a vision that somebody was calling him from Macedonia. And there came a point in your life and in my life that we were calling. And we were frailing inside the ocean. And we were like, help, help, help. And somebody had to throw us a life raft. Somebody had to give us a word of encouragement. Somebody had to reach and say, you know what? It's going to be okay. You know, the vision of Word of Truth Family Church is to know Christ and make him known. Let me explain to you what that really means. We had a member here, and I'm not going to call names, and I'm going to all say had, because I don't want you to know that some of them are still here. Well, they're all still here, but I don't want you to let you know, like, who they are. All right? Because you don't want me to let everybody know your stuff, right? Okay. So I had a, um, had a lady, and for 12 years she was married to a, to a man who once a week abused her physically. Made like an appointment. Weekly. Let us, that, let's just, let us that sink for a second. 
that once a week on a particular day, you know you're, when, you, when he comes home, this is what's going to happen. And um, she didn't know how to get out. She didn't even know she could get out. She did not even know there was a, an option for her to get out. It was just part of her existence. She comes toward the truth and gets inspired and begins to get faith. From the time she comes in a parking lot and she and her children are coming in and, and the greeters smile at her and let her know it's, it, it's going to get better. And then she comes in and the usher and, you know, they, they hug her or they shake her hand and, you know, and it, it's going to get better. And then her children go into true kids and, you know, the true kids um, servants, they don't, they don't say, oh, I don't want to talk to your kids because your kid looks like this or your kid looks like that. No, they welcome those kids and they love those kids and those kids begin to grow. And then she joins a true group. And she's in the true group and she has no the courage to begin to say to her true group leader, can you pray for me? And her true group leader begins to pray and, and the group begins to surround her and then she gets the courage to come up and say, I got to get out. Because my son is trying to beat me now. My son thinks this is normal. So this is, I can't do this. I got to get out, Pastor Sar. I got to get out. How do I get out? So then we go to somebody else in the church who has experience in helping people get out. And we say, oh, where can she go? What would be the process? What's the, what's the, what's the police requirement? What, 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 what's the law say regarding this? How can she get out? And we got her out. And she's fine today. She, I think she went and got her, her license and doing something amazing. But everybody from the parking lot had a part in her deliverance. It wasn't just me. It wasn't just pastor ministering. It was you at the greeting door. It was you in the true kids. It was you walking down here in the usher. It was you who said hi to her. It was you that just smiled at her and let her know that we're a community that will endeavor. We're a community that will exert ourselves. I know sometimes you didn't feel good. You don't even know who she is. And I know you just showed up and you decided, you know what, God? I'm still going to, I'm still going to endeavor, even though I don't feel well today. Not knowing that what you were doing was in the process of a deliverance. You were throwing her a lifeline and pulling her out with every smile, with every gift. We, you know, every time you give and we can financially help. Three hundred and something thousand dollars last year in a benevolent help from Water Tooth Family Church. Three hundred thousand plus. Do you know how many families we rescued with three hundred thousand dollars? Do you know that there's an orphanage in China that will shut down if we don't give? Every month we support a Chinese orphanage and we are their biggest giver. And they deal with special needs children. And do you know we have to do that because in China, they're just thrown on the street if you're special needs. There's nowhere for you to go. There's no place for you to go. But Water Truth Family Church is keeping the doors of that place open. And every year they send us pictures and send us gifts and say, thank you so much. The kids, thank you all. So Water Truth, give yourselves a hand for all the tithe and all the offering that you give. It doesn't go to line pockets. It goes to build a kingdom. We endeavor to know Christ and to make him known. It is our call. It is our mission. It is our charge. We must make people know about him. There are 100 million people in America have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
in America. The land of the free. The home of the brave. Yet Christians, we sit down and we don't act brave. We don't want to tell the person on our job that Jesus lives. We don't want to tell the people on our job that he can deliver. That he's changed my life. He's changed your life. We don't, we're not brave. We have to throw a lifeline. There are people drowning even sitting beside you. Would you be a lifeline? Will you be a lifesaver today? We have a mission from God. Word of Truth Family Church, our mission is to train believers to reign in every area of their lives. It's in your, it's in your new membership book. That is our desire. We want you to reign, not just in your financial life, in your emotional life, and in your marriage life. On your job, we want you to be the top and the best. Why? Not just for you. It's never for you. You always get blessed through doing it, but it's always for other people. Because the Bible says that Jesus' last command was, Go ye, therefore, into all the earth. Matthew 27. Preaching the gospel. His last command should always be our first priority. That's the last thing he said to us, but sometimes it's the last thing we end up doing. But I want to let you know that everything that you do here, every time you engage in your giving, you get engaged in your leading, you engage in your serving, you are helping to change lives. Somebody had to engage in order to change your life. You know, so say I am a lifeline. I'm a lifesaver. You know, Let's turn to John 6, verse 9. Turn John 6, verse 9. You know, as pastors, we get the awesome privilege of seeing all the great things that God is doing in your life. We hear the testimonies of how of faith and how God has taken you through and how he's never failed you. And when you needed something, you could call somebody and they could pray with you. When you had a, a funeral or death in your family, a true group came and cooked for you. Or the 911 team went and ministered to you. Some of, sometimes we've driven hours to a funeral. Hours to a house blessing. There's things that we do and we see that. But then there's also the bad parts we see. You know, we've seen a member, you know, take two knives and cut his son up. You don't know about that, but we see that. That's a cry for help. You need a lifesaver. We see when the husband has said no more. I'll trade her in for somebody else. And the devastation that's left. Because no, you left them in debt. And children. And word of truth has to come and, and give you groceries. And we have to come and, and try and help you pick up your kids. And we have, to, we have to come and try and figure out how we can. You know, pastor's been on the phone many a times with car dealerships negotiating cars on behalf of single moms. And saying, you will not take advantage of my member. She's going to walk from this deal if you don't do this. No, that's, that's a real pastor to me. We see that. And everything you do makes that possible. And when that person is feeling in so much shame and despair, I am telling you, when they come to the house of God, and you can just hug them and love them and cheer them on, it makes a difference. It makes a difference. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge me. Let's come off of team me and get on team we. See, many of us want to be entrepreneurs for ourselves. 
But that's not the purpose of being an entrepreneur. The purpose of being an entrepreneur is so you have more to do more for the kingdom of God. Whenever God is always first, he makes sure that you are, you are never forgotten. But whenever we make ourselves first, sometimes it becomes very hard. And we have to do things by the sweat of our brow more than the anointing of our God. And he can accelerate things whenever we put him first. You know, if you want to be the top on your job, or you want to have the best marriage in the the world, yes, but not just for you to get glory, but so that others can be saved through your testimony. So others can be inspired by how God has helped you. John 6, John 6. Are you there? John 6, verse 9. Well, I'm not there, but I'm going to get there. Amen. So here we go. Uh, Basically, this is the story about Jesus and he had talked and and done a lot of preaching the chapter before. And he went over the Sea of Galilee. And when he was there, they, you know, people followed him because they had seen the miracles. He was a lifesaver. And people were attracted to him because they saw him changing lives. People are attracted to you because they see you changing lives. And they see the life that you have been changed. So Jesus went upon a mountain and there he sat with his disciples at the Passover, the feast of the Jews. And when he lifted up his eyes, verse 5, and saw a great company come unto him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? And he said this to prove Philip, for Jesus already knew what he was going to do. Because, see, here's the question. The charge can go out. I can let you know about the mission. But what are you going to do with it? Are you going to try and figure out a way to just short step it and get the shortcut? Jesus said to him, how are we going to buy this thing to test him? In other words, to say, yeah, yeah, yeah let me just do that, you know, because that really doesn't reco- re- rely, um, require a lot from me. I can just go on Amazon.com and just get it. I could just go ahead and just donate online. I don't really have to give my time. I don't have to inconvenience myself. So I'm just, yeah, that would be a good idea. Just buy it. Yeah, we can, we can run on the street and buy it. But see, Jesus had another plan in mind. He had a plan for them to work it. Not just let somebody else work it, but for them to work it. And so the Bible says that Philip answered and said, um, all we have is 200 pennies worth of bread, and, it's not, and that's not going to be enough for them. And one of his disciples said, there is a boy here. See, I like Andrew because see, Andrew is a problem solver. See, Andrew already knew that money thing wasn't going to work right there. So he said, there has to be another way. How how can I get involved and use my strategic planning skills to help sort out this situation? Let let me bring a suggestion to you, Jesus. Here's here's what's going on. There's a guy here and he has five loaves and two small fishes, but I don't know what's among there any. But see, Jesus, that's all he needed. And the Bible declares that they went and fed the 5,000 families. So it had to be, I don't know, 15, 20, 25,000. I mean, you know, those... The Bible said in Exodus um, chapter 2 that the Hebrew women were very fertile. They just dropped and roll, you know. So they could have been, you know, 500,000 people there for all I know. But there was a lot of people. And the point was the Bible says that Jesus told the disciples, you go and clean it up. And they came back with 12 baskets full. I was so impressed that it was 12 baskets. Because, see, they were able to read from all the work that they did. There was a basket of leftovers. A basket, and I'm not saying leftovers from matter is trash, but as a matter of there is a heap 
that was for the person who got involved. They got involved and didn't complain and go, it's too hot. Jesus, you know it's up in the mountain. Did you realize we're in the mountain? We are in the mountain. It's, it's kind of high up here. can hardly breathe. The altitude is choking me right now. And You want me to go feed all these people? Just send them home. They got food at their house. Why we got to do it? I mean, they followed you, Jesus. They're, you know, I mean, they really didn't follow me. Pastor, they're here for you. They're not here for me. You do it, Pastor. I'm going to call you and tell you that the person in the hospital and you go visit them. How, how, how about you do it, Pastor? Pastor, I'm going to call and, and um, I'm going to tell you I'm going to have this thing and you do the research for my business and then you come back and tell me. I can't tell you how many times I see that. I'd be like, uh, who want the business? I said, baby, if we do the research, we get a cut. And see, now we don't have no cut in anybody's business, as you can tell. We just tell y'all do their own research. <laughs> Come back and get wisdom, but do the research. And so here it is. This boy had an opportunity to get in on the vision, get in on the call, get in on the charge. He could have denied and ran for his life with his five and said, this is all I got. This is all I got. And he could have ran with his little talent and said, no, but you know what? Promotion doesn't come for those who are just average. It always comes for those who are exceptional, those who get engaged. And when he said we endeavored, because Paul had a vision, when we endeavor to do the mission, to know Christ and make him known in these practical ways to, to give, to walk on behalf of breast cancer, you know, we, our youth were last month were um, painting for the Habitat for Humanity. This month they're going to go for Toys for Tots. We do things, and we do things all the time. There's so much for you to do. We raised money for the, for the, the, the woman um, at the Mosaic House for the sex trafficking children and teens that go through that. We do things at Word of Truth Family Church. We do things. We do things, amen? And there's so much more we can do. We have to convert Arlington. We have to make a mark on this nation. We have to make a mark on this world for the Lord that we serve because he has been good to us. He has to be good. Jesus knew if that little boy endeavored, sacrificed, went beyond the norm, he would change 5,000 people's lives that day. He knows if you and I endeavor and give or begin to tithe or sign up to serve or lend an idea or offer help, we can change thousands of lives. So, the question is, Are you going to endeavor? Because throughout the history of Word of Truth Family Church, you know, I have seen marriages on the verge of collapsing. I've seen wives become so cold, so ice cold, that there's nothing that that husband can do. And I've, we've sat them in our office, and they're here today, fine and better than they were before. We've seen that ice queen thaw out. You know, we've seen children who were expelled from several daycares and schools but were just fine in the children's ministry. Just fine because the workers there and the servants there are so, so in, 
interested in helping that they felt better here than they did out there. And those kids are doing great today. We've seen people healed, literally healed of diabetes, healed of cancer, healed of infertility, healed of deafness, healed of, of, of back aches or their legs growth in this church. Because Jesus is alive in this church. Because we believe in the word first. We've seen God do miracles. We've seen him take uh, women who are on social help and care. And now they're their own person and they're not reliant on the system anymore. They don't need to go and trick to get their bills paid. We've seen strippers who were stripping because they had to feed their children, find a craft and do something different. We've seen men who never thought they could dream, never thought they, because they didn't have a father, they didn't have somebody saying to them, yes, you can. You're important. Of course you can. Man up and do the right thing. Don't abandon your family. Stick with them. Treat her right. We've seen miracles like that at Word of Truth Family Church. What are you going to do to endeavor? How committed are you to the vision here at Word of Truth Family Church to save lives? Not committed to Pastor Eben and Pastor Sarah. Not that. Committed to us as a mission, as a, as a vision to go and change the world for Jesus. How committed are you? Will you do something different today than you were doing before? Make the decision now. Participate in the plan of God. What sacrifice are you willing to make? You know, I am, like I said, I was a swimmer, but I wouldn't really consider myself an athlete because I was, I, I just had a goal. I just wanted to win one race. Okay, first, my first goal was not to be last. Let's just start with that. Then I wanted to be in the top five. Then I said, okay, I want to be in the top three. Then I said, I just want to win a race. So after I won the race, I didn't really have no Olympic dreams like these other people I was telling you about, right? That was it. I was good. Cool. But like my daughter, who's like, her mind functions like an athlete, she has to be the best at everything. Whatever she's going to do, she's got to be number one. And if not, she's going to kill herself trying. I don't have that discipline. (laughs) I just, I admire athletes. Who go on the track and, oh my gosh. I mean, I try to walk on the track four times. I think it's a mile or something. And I just don't know how you do it. I don't know how you all sweat and do all that stuff. But what I have learned is that an athlete knows how to sacrifice. An athlete knows that when their muscle says no, their mind says one more time. An athlete knows that we're running a race, the Bible says. We're all athletes. That we are running a race to gain the prize. That if you are serving already in an era of ministry, don't let that be enough. Do beyond just serving your 15 minutes a month or your hour and a half a month. Find out how can I make this area better? What resources can I go and find out? About? How, how, how can I be the, the top person serving? Not against somebody else, but for yourself. Am I maxed out in my serving? Am I doing the best? When I go and serve in children's ministry and I go and I teach a story, I don't do it with a half effort because I'm thinking your children's lives are on the line. I'm thinking I have 
15 minutes to change this person's course of trajectory for the rest of their life. I have one shot. I don't know if this child will be here next week. I don't know what may happen next week, but I know I've got 15 minutes to change their world. I've got 15 minutes to let them know about Jesus. I've got 15 minutes to put my heart and my soul into it so that they know that I thought they were worth enough for my 15 minutes of 100% service. So I don't shortchange the children when I go in there because I don't want no, I don't want God to shortchange me. I want his full undivided attention. When I call on him and then I'm going, lifeline, lifesaver, I need him to send one of y'all quick, fast, and in a hurry. I don't want there to be no deliberation. I don't want there to be no mediocrity help. I want some real help. I don't want a raft like this. Because it's going to make both of us sink. I want somebody who will endeavor and take the time to actually blow it up properly. You are that person. I am that person. We have to push ourselves. Push ourselves beyond what we think we can do and get into what God knows we can do. We have to get involved. We have to get involved in the mission. We have so much work to do. So many lives are weighing in the balance. Can you imagine, let that sink in, that you are a lifesaver. You being on your A game helps the team. And we can carry the banner of Christ to the finishing line together. And if we're doing it together and somebody's failing along the way, we can scoop you up. Because we, we like the army. We don't leave no one behind. And we're going to take care of our own. But we need our own to also take care of our own. And then we need to take care of others. Amen? Promotion comes from God, the Bible says. But I believe that promotion never falls in the lap of the mediocre. Max your service out. I'm not saying consume it with time. Hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that you should be serving every single day of the week. And every free time you have, you just serve up word of truth family church. That is not what I am saying. What I'm saying is the time that you decide to give, give 100%. Amen? If you're going to be with your family and you're spending time with your family, be there 100%. Be on the 100. If you're going to take your wife out on a date, be there on the 100. If you're going to go use a restroom, be there 100. Whatever you're going to do, do it with all your might. Don't do it halfway. So I'm not saying consume all your time. I am saying make a decision that if you are doing zero time, do some time and make it 100%. If you're already doing time, where can you make that time 100%? Where can you go beyond where you are right now? That's what I am saying. Because whatever you do, we do it as a team. The person who had the talent and didn't do nothing with it, it got taken away and given to the person who endeavored who exerted, who went beyond the norm. It's not that they didn't have talent. It's not that they didn't have intelligence. And it's not that they didn't have ability. What they didn't have was endeavor. They didn't have drive. They decided to just make it sit there instead of doing something with it. And so you have talent. You have ability. You have ideas. You have finances. You have food. You have all sorts of things that you can do. 
and give unto the Lord. Don't let, don't let anything hold you back. So you're a lifesaver. Whether you know it or not, someone in this church, someone who belongs to Christ, someone who should be at Word of Truth Family Church is drowning. There's somebody you're supposed to invite that, that you know, supposed to get the same benefits that you get and you just haven't been inviting. You see them at the grocery store. You see them on the parking lots. You see them at the car wash. These people, they're drowning. They need a lifesaver. You are that lifesaver. Don't wait for somebody else to come. You're the lifesaver. Testify. Witness of Jesus. Let him be known. Imagine if we all locked arms in this endeavor. If we really took this mission to heart and knew that we could turn the world upside down. Because we can. We have enough people in here to saturate this city and change the, the laws of this city. Change the temperament of this city. Change the attitude of this city. We can shut things down. We can shut nude bars down. We can shut liquor licenses down. Do you know we have that kind of power and that kind of ability right here? But we can't just let everything go. We can't just be going after ours that we figure, forget that there's more to, more to it than that. We got to lock arms. You and I have to settle in our minds. This is my church. This is my mission. This is my mission to know Christ and to make him known. I must answer the call because somebody's life depends on it. Remember, somebody answered the call for you. So, my challenge today. Will you be that army of givers and servers? Because that's the anointing that is on Word of Truth Family Church. We're a giving church. We are a giving church. That's what we do. We give. We give up our time. We give up ourselves. We give up our monies. That is who we are. We serve and we give and we give and we serve and we serve and we give and we give and we serve and we lead through our serving and we lead through our giving. We love through our serving. We love through our giving. We're servants and we're givers. That's who you are. That's who you should be on the workplace. That's who you should be in a home. That's who you should be anywhere you go. Servers and givers. How can I help? What can I do? Where can I go? God, how can I show who you are today? So will you be that army of givers and servers? Will you be that gladiator that doesn't stop? Will you be that brave heart who goes against all the odds, who don't care about the criticism because you're tougher than that? To take your place in ministry and to serve, to lead, to save lives. Will you be that lighthouse that others can use to be guided to shore? Will you take up the mantle, mantle and give so we can change a city? Will you choose to make a mark that is undeniably Christ? Will you give your time? Will you give your heart? Will you give your life for Christ? Because he gave his life for you. Amen. So I just want to know if you're going to join us in making a, a renewed co commitment that we'll be in the business of being lifesavers. Yes, we will get blessed in the process, but it's not about that. That's just a byproduct of what we've done.